Tuesday at 8 on CBS. What's up, Dad? It's the Bugs Bunny Mystery Special. Then at 8.30. Wow. It's Magic Charlie Brown. All Tuesday on CBS. Well, stupid, are you ready? Okay, Smokey. Roll <laughs> That's silly. Shoot him now! Shoot him now! Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's Not Quite All Folks, the Lane Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Halem, joined by... And I'm Jordan Schmidt, and welcome to Jordan and Mark's struggle to fill an hour's worth of content. Um, <laughs> this is the show where we're given a, um, a Looney Tunes special that we think, you know, we can get an hour out of that, and then struggle to fill the time. Today, we are watching... Um, well, today, the- <laughs> today we're watching. No, oh, no, no, no. The one that the, 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 we're still in our specials um, unit, and the one we're covering today is, as you were saying last week, I think, Mark, closer to what a lot of these primetime specials ended up being, just very loose bridging sequences for a bunch of um, older Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. And- this one is called the Bugs Bunny Mystery Special. Very original title. Is it because it's a mystery why anyone would want to watch this voluntarily? Um, that was my Gene Shelley, you know. It really is a mystery. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, this is one that this, this was just in your barrage of ideas for these, and I'm like, all right, fine, we'll do one because we want to at least let people know what the majority of these were like. But at the same time, it's it feels like the germinant seed of one of the larger Looney Tunes compilation movies. Just not as well thought out. Yeah. Yeah, and the reason I picked this one, because, you know, there's, like, there's the Halloween special and the Bugs Bunny's Thanksgiving diet and stuff like that, and I picked this one because the one-sense summary was interesting. It's like, oh, it's like a send-up at Alfred Hitchcock movies. Is it, And though? Porky's Alfred Hitchcock. It's not really. Yeah. No. They Believe they me. give up on that uh, 30 seconds in. Well, yeah, they, and they only come out come back to it once or twice. Look, I, I am a, a big fan of one Alfred Hitchcock. I own a large percentage of his films on, on regular media. Um, Psycho is... One of my favorite movies of all time, as are North by Northwest, Strangers on a Train, and Rear Window. I genuinely love Alfred Hitchcock, and any opportunity to talk about the influence Alfred Hitchcock had on the cartoon-going and movie-going atmosphere of the time is one I will gladly take. But this is a very loosely Hitchcock-inspired special. I feel like they used his name for street cred. Which... Did, they don't even say his name, they just play the theme of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and they have their fattest character as the narrator, because, you know... Yeah, just tag you whatever. They could have just gotten the um, the one from The Last Hungry Cat, but no. Yeah, yeah. Not enough people remembered that one. No, but, but they will. They will. Yeah, believe me. Um, but yeah, no, the, the Bugs Bunny Mystery Special... Um, shall we get into the, the day of and, and how that... Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I, 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 my, the sentence combusted halfway through. That's the mental state I'm in today, folks. So the Bugs Bunny mystery special aired on CBS on October 26th, 1980, enough where it could have been a Halloween special. But no, um, there's actually a really good load of films that were in and around theater at, around this time. Um, the Shining. Uh, okay. Uh, the Elephant Man, uh, Blues Brothers, I think Airplane was still in theaters. All classics. Can we talk about those instead? I would love to do a whole hour on either Airplane, the Blues Brothers, or The Shining. Yeah. Um, Airplane is one of the most important comedy films of all time. And I will gladly talk about that rather than talk about the Bugs Bunny mystery special. But alas, you, you, you're you listening to this for Looney Tunes, so we're going to do that. Um, okay, so remember how last week there was a really fiercely contested battle between the two songs that were at number one? On the charts. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is not one of those. Um, okay. The number one song in the U.S. was Woman in Love by Barbara Streisand. The number one song in the U.K., was Don't Stand So Close to Me by the Police. Advantage UK. It's not even close. Not even close. And what's so funny about that is, well, first of all, hi Sting, welcome back. Yeah, Sting um, once again, yeah. Also, you who wrote that song, Woman in Love? Um, Neil Diamond? No, the oh. Bee Gees. The winners oh. from last week. <laughs> yes, it's written by Barry Robin Gibb. Because it was 1980, and they were like, screw it, we're songwriters now. Well, you know why in 1980 they're not like singing lead a lot, right? <laughs> well, yeah, because... Because disco's dying, Mark. Yeah. And they, yeah. you know, they're, they've received a lot of backlash for being pure disco stars. Like, I really won't do that anymore. <laughs> we'll stop writing songs. <laughs> I'm doing the Justin Timberlake impression, the Jimmy yeah, Fallon impression yeah. of the, you know. Welcome to the very I'm not going to be taking any crap from anybody. No, um, but... Yeah, no, they were mostly writing songs around this era when it, until it was safe to come out again. Um, <laughs> but, um, yes, Don't Stand So Close to Me by the Police is excellent, as are most of the songs the police came out with. All right. The Bugs Bunny Mystery Special was... Okay, so it says, technically, that it was directed by Jerry Chinqui, um, Chuck Jones, and Fred Freeling. I think that that meant that it was directed by Jerry yeah. Chinqui and... The shorts were by... And, yeah, and, and archive stuff from Chuck and Frisk. I don't think they actually came together yeah. and did meetings on this. I think Jerry Chinqui was doing the uh, bridging and then just, you know, Chuck and Jones mm -hmm. had their names on it. So. Which, which, by the way, uh, Jerry Chinqui, very, like, I don't know what importance the word, but he's, he's on the same level 
of Looney Tune history as Chuck and Frizz. He's been with Frizz's division since the beginning. He's in You Ought to Be in Pictures as the guy who yells quiet. Not the yeah. boy, it's just the actor who yells quiet. He's That's an amazing him. animation figure from the Frizz era. Yeah. Tons. So. Mostly in animation. Um, he only directed two Looney Tune cartoons. The, one of the very last Looney Tune cartoons. Yes. Yeah. And so, pretty much, this is what he was doing in 1980. He yeah. was directing these Looney Tune television specials. Now, here's a question I have, because... So, is this his department? Was this one? Because this isn't like... Because there isn't a credit that says, oh, it's Chuck Jones Enterprises. Oh, it's to Patty Freeling. It's, it's just... Warner Brothers. So I assume this is just when Warner Brothers brought their animation studio back because there's a name at the very end of the credits that oh. confirms it. Yeah, I think it might have been a beginning of yeah. us handing off to a torch of Jerry Chiniqui and the gang beginning to phase out yeah. and some other people coming in. But since he is here now, might I say, Jerry, hello! <laughs> hello, Uncle Leo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, this is uh, Jerry Tanikwe, Chuck and Frizz, based loosely on the Hitchcock films of yore. Okay, real quick, because I've already, I've already done a little bit. Mark, what Alfred Hitchcock films have you seen and are or familiar with? Oh, uh, bits and pieces of some, but not a full one all the way through. W which ones have you seen bits and pieces of, might I ask? I'm oh, gonna... um, <laughs> Rear Window. Uh, yeah, it's good. One. Yeah, seen, it's a great one. Uh, of course, of course, you know, the, the, the bits of, of Psycho. Yeah. Um, Vertigo, I've seen a little yeah. bit of. Strangers on Train, I, I'm familiar with. Right. Like, okay. I, I'm familiar with the war. I just haven't seen them all the way through. Yeah. And so what I should probably explain to people and what I should ultimately try and explain to Jerry Shaniqui is that the essence of Alfred Hitchcock is not just the highlights. The essence of Alfred Hitchcock is the little things he does to create tension and to make a feel of a film. The mistake that Mel Brooks made when doing North, no, no, when doing High Anxiety is whittling the appeal of Alfred Hitchcock down to the big moments like the shower scene in Psycho, scenes from The Bird, scene from Vertigo, without, without remembering to really pay too much tribute to the feel of it, the, the man on the run feel, the film fatale feel. Like, honestly, that's why Silver Streak, which was done around the same time by Gene Wilder, is the better Alfred Hitchcock film because it's very much in line with a lot of the Man on the Run films that Hitchcock was doing. It was just made as a comedy. Um, but doing this here and saying, hey, we're going to pay tribute to Alfred Hitchcock and only really doing stuff from North by Northwest and things like that, that that's that's missing a lot of the the appeal. Like, like a lot of the great moves he makes are in movies that most people haven't seen, like The Lady Vanishes and, you know, um, Rope and Dial M for Murder and some of, some stuff like that. And so I think it's more of a blanket, like, okay, it, it, maybe it's an in, in, in tribute to Hitchcock because he had died pretty recently, I think. Um, let me just verify that. 
Yeah, he had just died that April. So it was really just a tribute to his sensibilities because they knew he wouldn't watch it. But um, because if if he was still alive, they'd actually maybe put in more. But that's why Mel had it screened for um, Hitchcock himself and he did high anxiety. And and they gave each other notes and were very friendly. But um, this is basically a layman's guide to Hitchcock, if anything. It is scratching the surface. Yeah, also just something to point out just gonna point out here. Um, there isn't that much new animation in this. So no. when it comes to something like this, the most they could do to make it Hitchcockian is to look at the shorts they've chosen and go, what shots from these could somewhat translate to a Hitchcock type film and that's kind of hard to do when you're dealing with shorts from the 40s and 50s and the and there's only so many shorts where they did a horror thing like like for example suspense really yeah suspense for example none of the semester or given because of how, where they take the special they couldn't have porky pig cartoons in this which is a real shame because that trilogy Chuck did with Sylvester and Porky would have been excellent for this special. Especially, um, so Scary Pauls or what have you. Like, but no. They, uh, they kind of just stitch this together and, uh, get into what they chose. Though, they're not all bad. Not all bad. No, but, uh, you know. Getting into it, unless you have any other background. No, no. The only background I have, the only background I have, this special has been released on VHS, but not on DVD. Right, which is why most of the the captures we could find of this online were either in popcorn equality or one of the one of the audio tracks was missing and it can only be heard through the right the left ear. Fun. You couldn't even put this on a golden collection or something? Not, not, not that I would have wanted this on a golden collection, but you know. It would help. You know, I watched... You could watch the Easter special on the Golden Collection, you know. We have this brief opening with Porky as Hitchcock with the Alfred Hitchcock Presents music. Just so the audience knows what the tone is. And it's fine. It's not memorable. Good evening. You know who I am. Master of Mystery and Suspicion. Oh, you know. Who done it? Tonight, I see a story stars Bugs Bunny. So stay put your Don't disappear. Yeah, so Porky's line of honestly, he says, says, uh, you know who I am. Yeah, they can't. They don't even have the right to say Alfred Hitchcock. Okay, yes. I'm also thinking, is that like a joke aimed at Mel's expense from that American Express commercial? <laughs> Maybe. You know me. Would you believe I'm Bugs Bunny? I'm also the voice of many other cartoon characters. But in here, they don't care if I'm Elmer Fudd. So I carry an American Express card. The one card I need for travel and entertainment, for business and pleasure. Why, without this... 
The only way I get any attention is by saying, that's all, folks. <laughs> to apply for a card, call 800-528-8000. The American Express card. Don't leave home without it. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I don't know. I'm Batman. Yeah. I mean, no. First place. I'm not Batman. Do you know who I am? I don't. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, we're thrust right into archive cartoon footage. But it's different than usual. Because pieces of different archive cartoons are thrust together in addition to bridging sequences new for this in an attempt to make a, a story out of little pieces of things. So, we start with the opening of Bugs and Thugs, and we intercut it with the bank robbery from Baby Buggy Bunny. So, we we're, we have edited out Rocky and Mugly. We've edited out a lot of Babyface Finster instead of, of, of just using the whole tall, dark robber thing that they're um, doing from um, Baby Buggy Bunny and using that as the villain for the whole rest of this and using the whole bugs walking around and being framed thing as a way of getting into the next bridging with Elmer, which is an idea. It's it's different. It's different. You know, just, you know, like, oh, like, while this is going on, Bugs just getting a carrot. It's like, okay, that, that works. Yeah. That works. That, that, that fits. And then, uh, then Elmer shows up in new animation. It is, it's new animation, and it's also more Mel Blanc voicing uh, Elmer, which is par for the course in these, honestly. And Elmer is with the FBI and, you know, the CIA and an IOU card. Uh-huh. And uh, Elmer Fudd is trying to track down the bank robber. And because Bugs is outside the bank where it is being robbed, Elmer assumes that Bugs is it. Racial profiling? The FBI? No! <laughs> We're looking for someone dark who robbed the bank. We have several possible leads. I also do like the, um, the image they have of Bugs. It's like, you know, tall, dark stranger, arrested. And just this, like, this, this, like, I don't, I don't put it, just like, Bugs confused. And it, it's a good expression. Like, yeah, I like that. You know, it's and the whole thing is that you know, bug, you know, Elmer's taking bugs to to, to prison, and, and it's. Although I will say the thing about bugs in the bridging sequence is that there's something a little bit off about every time we see him. Like his head's maybe a bit too big. It, it's it's a little clearer in a little bit, but um, it's 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 slightly off, not locally, but you know, animationless. So from there, we're right into Big House Bunny, which we covered pretty recently. Yeah. Um. A lot of it is still here, though there are some changes made. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sam doesn't hang himself here. Nope. He gets uh, bounced off. Yeah, which means there's no second Schultz office! And the next scene is still him going into the warden's office. So why does he go in there? Is he just checking up with him? Um, we couldn't have had a couple extra um, frames of animation of, and just throw in the Schultz office from there? I the coach, I'm like... Sam bounces off the platform. The, the platform's still bouncing. They just hear shouts off. Yeah, something like that. Do that. Works. You know, it's not hard. But um, yeah. No. Um, we do. Yeah, the rest of this is pretty much there. Um, there's not much else to add about um, Big House Bunny. We still love it. Um, it's still great. But we end that pretty much as is of of you know bugs walking out of prison, and. 
The transition to Operation Rabbit is that Bugs is on the lamb now wandering through the desert singing, and the, and this is where yeah. um I thought this is where I thought Bugs' head was really big. Yeah, they do cut to a perspective of Bugs. It's like a front POV, or no, 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 it's not front POV. It's like it's like the camera's a bit too close to his face. It's like okay, All it's right. not great. It's it's not perfect. Though, uh, yeah. No, I did like on the radio just the daring prison break of Bugs Bunny. It's like ah, that'd be a cool movie. What if like a like a like a made for TV like a Lifetime Channel movie, the the, the Escape of Bugs Bunny, starring uh, starring Don Johnson. Eh, what's up, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> but don't. Oh no no no! Is that that sort of movie, Don? No, oh, no, no, no. I was laughing because that's actually a surprisingly good Don Johnson impression. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, but a couple of things I had wrong with this, because obviously, you know, Wiley Coyote is in his place listening to Bugs' thing on the radio, and the reward for catching him, you know, alive or eaten or whatever. A couple of things. One, doesn't Bugs usually tunnel? Um, I know it has to get to Bugs' house in it or his hole in a sense, but he could tunnel and make one. And two, Bugs walking around the desert feels like it's missed opportunity for a North by Northwest sequence. Because there's a very famous sequence in that movie where uh, Cary Grant is waiting for a bus in the desert. And it's very tense and he's waiting for, and it's like, you know, a, something, a truck almost runs a moat right. It's a very tense sequence. And we could have done something like that if we were really going for Hitchcock overtones. But no, we just go right into Operation Rabbit, which it's good, except... I am like, okay, it's been a while since oh, yeah, uh, their Operation Rabbit. They put some, it's not a new gag, right? But they did take something from another Bug vs. Wally gag and put it yes. into this one, correct? Yes, they did, and they did it in a way that infuriated me. So, there's a gag in here from Compressed Hair, which I think is a very good and very underrated um, Bugs vs. Wily cartoon. And it's the last gag of that. Where it's it's the the magnet gag, where Wiley Coyote right, gives magnet. Bugs a carrot, and um, it, it it backfires because it gets everything but the carrot. Now it's a beautiful ending gag where all of these random magnetic things that he's not even thinking, giant spaceships and things keep coming into the cave and beating Wiley over the head. It's a wonderful ending, and I've always laughed so hard at it. We only get the mailbox hitting him in the head, and we iris out. We shaved so much out out of that gag. Then why are you even putting it in? Yeah, and just okay. I, I, how much time was there in between Operation Rabbit and Compressed Hair, like year wise? Maybe six years. I can tell. It was weird. Like well, when they cut the magnet gag, I, I I originally wrote down here. I'm like, oh, is this like a new gag? Because Wiley's voice is a little bit different here. Yeah. Nope. It's just later. It's just 1961. Yeah. Also, that gag. Listen, this made me do the copy that I was watching. That gag is very loud. Yeah, it's a very loud gag. It is, and it gets louder. Oh, so that was part of it. Okay, but it's great. Yeah, no, I like that one a lot. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's the only gag we get from compressed hair, and we go back to Operation Rabbit and the um the 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 the. the fake ticking coyote ending gag of that, which is pretty good. Also, what I noticed about this, so 
with the with the uh, compilation movies, especially the ones that put like shorts together, they would usually cut around the iris to blacks because that's not how movies work, and it would be very awkward if halfway through they just iris out. Not here. This, not here. Now, I'm assuming assumption that they left those in for the commercial break. That's what I was saying. Okay, that's out, and we cut the commercial, and we come back, and do things. So I'm assuming it's that. Yeah. I hope it is, because not, it's very sloppy. Yeah, I think that's why they did it. Um, now, what caught me off guard after this was the sudden segue into Ola Burke. Though, because it's still about bugs, and it's bugs getting on this train that is also the setting of a Tweety and Sylvester cartoon. And we eventually see that Elmer and the Dark Stranger are also on this train in pursuit of each other. And it's still about bugs, but it's still a Tweety cartoon that's happening here. Which I get if you're trying to get all your characters in, but it's, it's, it's an odd, it's an odd distraction. I thought this could be interesting. Like the, the, a Tweety cartoon's going on while at the same time there's a Bugs and Elmer cartoon going on. And if they did good, that could be interesting. It's, and there's little bits of that where things that happen in the Tweety cartoon reflect what happened in, in the Bugs and Elmer car, but not, it's not as fluid as I would have wanted to be given right. it's 1980. We're not here to really merge all these things and create new cartoons out of old cartoons here, but right. it was very kind of thrown together. Like, like there's a moment where Sylvester gets thrown all the way to the front of the car, uh, of the train car. It cra- it crashes like the the, the 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 train carts. They go inside, and we see Sylvester get hurt. And then we just hard cut to Elmer. He's just on the ground, and a suitcase falls on his head. Like that's the most we get. Yeah, like they're trying to very lazily throw um, the 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 main bridger in with all of this, and it's not. It's not seamless. It's it's not natural. All a bird, by the way, is a pretty good inclusion here. It's a pretty it good early Tweety cartoon. Yeah, I, I just love the reveal where, because again, so that's just been like he he got thrown to the the coals of the train. He just opens the door. He's angry and steaming. Yeah, <laughs> it's just Tweety. I'm like, oh, that play Taz pissed off at me. Yeah, no shit. Of course, yeah. he's pissed off. Well, I also love that, like, and, and some of the best Sylvester and Tweet, or some of the best Sylvester cartoons throw in random Hector the Bulldog when you're not expecting it. And this is one of those where, you know, he opens a little package expecting to find Tweety and it turns out to be a very angry Hector the Bulldog. <laughs> That's great. That always seems to work for me, just random Hector appearances. Uh, I just love, like, uh, near the end of, of this section where the train stops. Sylvester gets out. He's dressed up like Granny, or the, the yes, oh, well, not Granny, the person. It's like, oh, it's just Sylvester coming out of the cab. Just that image is so yeah. funny. Just... <laughs> I think that cartoon does still end with like the the birdcage blowing up of some sort. Uh, no, I think it might be Hector again. <laughs> I hope it's Hector yeah. again. But you know, good enough inclusion. It's just hard to really be into it when there's at the same time this bridging of with Bugs and Elmer going on, which is sort of, you know, they're reminding us of every so often. Yeah, I I, I did not like this transition here from Elmer to 
Okay, it's so... I guess. Like, I guess you're in this, so, like... Sylvester runs out of the train car with Tweety, and... Oh, wait, no, no. They hard cut to the beginning of, um... Caddy Caddy Corner, Corner. I believe. Yeah, <laughs> where... Eh, yeah, right. Caddy Corner, where, you know, it's like, oh, it's the newspapers, which... We brought this up in in the Little Bug movie. That voice kind of sounds like Bugs. It does. So they missed they missed out a golden opportunity to like pan it out, and it's Bugs as the newspaper guy yeah. in disguise. But that could have been fun. That would be great. Recontextualized, but no. No, they didn't have enough effort for that. So they begin with the newspapers, and then a hard cut to just Sylvester running out of the train car with Tweety, and then we just. Going to, you know... The end of Jatty Corner. The end, yeah, the ending. Which, if you're gonna if you're gonna cut out Rocky and Muggsy for the second time, what are you even doing? Yeah, what the hell? Rocky and Muggsy are wonderful, and you've cut them out of this twice. You're losing your minds. I would much prefer having Bugs and Thugs and also Caddy Cornered in this. But then they were also making... Uh, Looney, 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 Bugs, Bunny movie around this time, and that had Caddy Cornered, so. Yeah, that too, just, like, Caddy Cornered, it's a good short. I like it. We'll cover it uh, eventually. Must be in here someplace. (laughs) But yeah, just twice. You use the short twice. My goodness. What they do with Alibaba Bunny in the next couple. Yeah, yes, and I don't know, it's like, yeah, they're good, but, yeah. You know. And then, after we tie up the Sylvester plot thread that they introduced for no other reason than to include a Sylvester cartoon, we sort of segue to Bugs walking onto an airfield, which, while the airport setting is another attempt to make this a bit Hitchcockian, it's still plagued by some not very seamless animation dissonance. Mm-hmm. And even slight voice difference, again, Mel's Bugs this time, it's still good, but yeah. it cut from, you know, 80s Mel to like, what, what was the short? Early the short 50s Mel. Like, early 50s Mel, there's going to be a bit of a difference, so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. If I ever wants to have a normal social life, I gotta track down this tall, dark stranger. This is quite a hunk of aircraft. Hmm, look at that landing gear. But, um, yeah, then we get into this, uh, this short here. We get into hair lift, which I, I don't think I'd even seen before this. I've seen some moments in this that are, that have been, how I think there's a Looney cartoon in the 60s that reuses this one as well. But, yeah. dude, but that was due to, Mel's condition at the time, because I was around the time of the car accident. So like, yeah, I think uh, that might have been one of the the, the, the compilation shorts, like, something like Devil's Food yeah. Cake or one of those. Yeah. Um, but Hairlift surprised me. There's some fun stuff in there. Oh yeah, yeah. There's some nice stuff in this. Bugs chucking the steering wheel out of the window was great. <laughs> and also, they they do they do put in some new stuff here of why Sam is there. Yeah, it's like, they, oh well, he's working in cahoots with Elmer. To yeah. the point that Elmer, an FBI agent, gives this radical criminal money to take care of Bugs. 
Which you're really thinking that that's off brand for the FBI, though. Mark, are you still there, or did they take you too? <laughs> well, the FBI just killed Mark. Anyway, I'm Jordan, and. <laughs> Uh, Zoinks, Scoob. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, there is some good stuff in here. I love the robot pilot. That was the best gag That's in this whole thing. So silly, because you think, oh, it's going to be a whole gag with a robot pilot. No, the robot pilot jumps out the plane as well. <laughs> with, the and, only, with the other parachutes. Yeah. Like, that shit's funny. That's fun. It's very funny. And in case you wanted to know how this compares to the actual ending of the piece, um, instead of Sam parachuting into Elmer, Sam parachutes into an open cop car because the money he stole was from a bank and they were waiting to arrest him. But it's, it's, it's a bit more awkward here. I did like, so essentially, so in this one, Sam is just parachuting down. Elmer, Elmer is smart in this. Can you point that out by the way? Yeah. Elmer is smart in this. Like he's competent. And put together? Elmer is Sam Gerard. I didn't kill... <laughs> yeah, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. <laughs> Guy did a Peter Pan off of this here dam. Would you like to go into what happens next, then? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, they're literally on Mount Rushmore next. Mount Foghorn. Oh, yeah. And Mount it's Foghorn. a giant statue of Foghorn Lighthorn. Did Rob McKinson pop his head in and go, hey guys, guys, just one thing. Just one thing. He uh, came in and said, I would like to do something with Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> yes, we agree with you, Robert. I agree with you too, as Jerry Shanique. Mel, what do you think? I also like it. Mel would have that voice just to fuck around everybody. So like, Can you imagine if he did that while they were recording? It's like, okay, now we have this new part. This is a Sylvester and Tweety cartoon. Are you ready? Well, okay, friends, I'm ready. <laughs> do the Sylvester part. Okay, I will do it. I taught, I taught a putty tag. No, that's me. I know it's you. You're directing this. For the last time, I want you to do the Sylvester part. No. Okay. So Buck is just hanging on to Foghorn Leghorn, the mouth of Foghorn Leghorn. This is the climax of North by Northwest that they're parrying, where there's a big fight scene and chase all throughout the heads of Mount Rushmore. It's a great scene, too. But this one's kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. Because it ends up like, you know, Elmer chasing Bugs, and then Bugs comes across the, the, dark, the tall, dark stranger, and... Finally, Elmer realizes he's been wrong the whole movie, and Bugs tells the tall, dark stranger to unmask himself, and it reveals to be Porky for some reason. Yeah, he just says, well, I had to get the the movie, the special going somehow. Yeah, he's like, I, I had to get the story moving somehow, and what do you think about this revelation? Um, like I said, I think it's so dumb, because by having this twist... You've taken out so many Porky Pig cartoons that couldn't work for this special. Yeah. So instead, what you got here is just this random twist that has nothing to do with anything. It's whatever. 
it's not even like a good like like let's say they're doing this as a send up of like the Alfred Hitchcock cameo, which is one of his yeah famous things. And it's not even one of those. No, it's just well, he's the you know he, he it's because the special needs to be wrapped up, and it makes more sense that it's him because he wanted to make sure there was a special. It's it's a cheap idea because the the the, the writers and the animators really don't want to try. It's like, okay, let's just make it porky because it wraps everything up. Let's not actually craft a good mystery, which it's, it's called the Bugs Bunny mystery special, and Bugs Bunny doesn't even get to solve the mystery. He just runs into the solution of the mystery. And we just make the solution of the mystery porky because, sure, it's a dumb solution that, you know, makes the whole rest of the film kind of meaningless and, you know, makes it like, oh, why were you so invested in this mystery that you probably weren't invested in anyway because it's so harshly and badly put together. I did like that the end of the piece is Porky being put in jail while doing the end of the special. <laughs> Same jail from earlier, too. So. Yeah. Very nice. And uh, that's the end of the special. Now yes, there is. is some interesting credits. Um, it confirmed that Jerry... Jerry... It confirmed that Gary. Confirmed that uh, Gary Chinakwe was in charge of the new animation, which is good because we were confused by that. Um, there's also associate producer Gene McCurdy. Hey, yes. the future's here. Yep, she'll turn this thing around. That's so fascinating. It's like she, she's in charge of the great '90s stuff. All she had to do was just be an associate producer and just. Watch the elder Looney Tunes people make crap. <laughs> like just just weighing there, going, okay, okay, we'll we'll do these specials. Eventually, we'll take over. Okay, and now we can go on. Okay, good. All right, so Animaniacs. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's it's you know they started small with little stuff, and they went on to do you know the big foundations of the next era of the Looney troupe on television. And, you know, you got to start somewhere. And so without Gene yeah. McCurdy, we don't get a lot of that. So as a whole, with Bugs Bunny's mystery special, there really isn't a lot going on here. No. There's not a lot that's new. What's new isn't good or well thought out or well done. It's basically a means to fill 30 minutes. And... While some of the short selections are pretty good, I like that they did all a bird and hair lift and one measly half gag from compressed hair. Um, there's some very strange reaches for abridging. Like they were just given the materials and they had to get something around them. And they only had a couple of weeks deadline. Because I, I imagine Hitchcock died in August and I think around then they're like, okay, let's get a special going. And so they had no time. So... Yeah, I, I wish they would have committed more to the actual mystery aspect and to Hitchcock theming and not settling, because this is basically settling the special. They settled, we settled to watch it, and now it's this. It was fine. Yeah. I, know, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it either. It's just, it exists. Mm-hmm. There's... It's, yeah. yeah I, I got nothing... It exists. It didn't even try. It tried a little, and it tried the bare minimum. 
But there really isn't anything of note to cull from this. It's just basically there. It fills the 30 minutes, it gets in, it gets out. It doesn't do anything strong or challenging. It's just there. And com in comparison to a lot of other ones we've we've covered recently, like the King Arthur special, which at least tried and failed with some things, or the Bugs Bunnies busting out all over, which would have classed this up. Um, it, compared to those, it's just nothing. And I know that talented people, including Jerry Chiniqui, worked on this and did their best to make something entertaining for a 30-minute slot, but folks, you have to at least try something new, try something challenging, try something interesting that kids and everybody will want to see. You can't just be going through the motions on these. That's what that's what they're probably doing with King Tweety as well. It's a going through the motions idea. And it'll probably have a going through the motions reception. This is way much uh, more energy than anyone way, needs in talking well, about this. No one, no one, no one needs that. Um, I'm giving this uh, 2.5 out of 5 anvils. I'm giving it a 2 out of 5 anvils. This is yeah, yeah. only for complicists. Only for people that need to watch every single Looney Tunes product. If not, skip it, and your right ear will thank you. <laughs> Dare I even ask, but... Oh, do, my God. Do we even... Do other people even have thoughts on this fucking thing? Well, if they do, they'll go here. <laughs> if, if they're not going to try, I'm not going to fucking try. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Um... <laughs> Our comment this week is from Rhea at Dancing with B Bunny on Twitter. Uh, Rhea actually watched this the day before we uh, we recorded these um, this comment, so that's very funny. That, right that, under the wire, just yeah. under the wire with this one. Yeah, Rhea just sort of you know, oh, well, I might might as well watch the Bugs Bunny mystery special, and then oh wow, uh, that's not quite all folks is doing an episode. Uh, convenient. And so Rhea said, um, I was stunned at the ending at who the dark figure was, LOL. I mean, yeah, it kind of comes out of nowhere. It doesn't mean it's a great twist, but, you know, we certainly didn't expect it. It's a twist. Yeah, it definitely is. A, you know, it's an ending for sure. Uh, Rhea also says, I liked how there were so many clips from different shorts mixed. Yeah, that's pretty good because, you know, it's not just yeah. like one and then the next short and then the next day. They... They had a variety of different ways of editing through them, which I liked. Yeah, that that a story. It's a bit of a rough story, but it, yeah. it, it operates as a narrative. It does, yeah. She says, I kept laughing at how Bugs was framed for standing outside the bank. You know, which, again, you know, it's it, you, the story's got to start somehow. So, yeah, it's, even if it's a little awkward, it's still a very funny sort of like, all right, we're framing Bugs. Um, she says it flowed and it was a good show. So, yeah, glowing uh, thoughts all around. I'm just sorry we didn't have more to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so thanks so much for your comment, Rhea. Yeah, good stuff. So this is probably going to be a hellish short episode. So uh, how was your weekend? <laughs> Are we really including this? <laughs> um, What the hell did I do this weekend? You see, I, I, I wake up in a drunken haze every moment. <laughs> what the hell did I do this weekend? Um... God, I, I watched, anything. right, I we, this weekend, we, all right, this is going to date this, because we're recording this in May, and this is going to come out in June, we we just oh, watched yeah. the new Doctor Strange movie, and that was pretty good, um, oh yeah, yeah, and then, um, 
Okay, I know how to fill time. We did that. Mark, I know we how to fill time. I know how to fill time. What would have been okay. a better mystery special involving the Looney Tunes in this era? What would have been a better way okay. to go about this? All right. Uh, oh, I know. From, uh, from G. McCurdy, um, they did one called um, Who Bought Bugs Bunny from Tiny Tune Adventures. Oh, yeah. That was a mystery. That was, there. Um, you know, it was like Bugs Bunny's, like, big anniversary. He got kidnapped, and it turns out it was some, like, it was, it was a, Buddy. A fictional character. It wasn't. <laughs> Wrong one. No. Wrong one. Um, no, it, it was like some made up character that was going to be famous, and then Bugs took off. Yes. So it was like Buddy. Revenge. No, it wasn't. Buddy. Well, that's the same fucking plot as the other one. You sounded like Kermit the Frog just then. It's not Buddy! Ozzy! It's round and orange! It's an orange! Buster Robot. Are robots in that episode? What the hell? Oh, it was Stan... Was it... Sappy Stanley? Maybe, I don't know. Voiced by Jonathan Winters. (gasps) Shit, okay, yeah. I take back everything I just said. Oh my god! Anything involving Jonathan Winters is good. If you want proof of that, wait a no- so, wait a month for our uh, Rock uh, Rockin' Bullwinkle commentary. Yeah. Oh, so oh, fun fact: that was an episode. I was putting the 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 episode together. I'm like, I really like Who Bought Bugs Bunny because, like, I remember as a kid, that was one of my favorite episodes of Tiny Tune Adventures. Well, if we ever go back for more Tiny Tunes, just, we can do that one. Yeah. No, I think that if they were to do a mystery special and like try. Like, they could have, like, really, they could have done something like The Fugitive. And they could have done, like, you know, like, I think that's what they were going for as well. But they could have done something like Bugs on the Run and getting involved with other uh, these other stories as Elmer's trying to come around the corner. And they could have actually, you know, made this worthwhile. <clears throat> Hell, you know this division can do mysteries because Celestron Woody Mysteries is a McCurdy project. Yeah. I hear what they probably could do. They could just go back to like um, uh, Holmes and Watson to do, do like a retrend of of that short, but oh, it's the Deuce you even say. more based. Yeah, so kind of like a the Deuce you say special where you know, um, like like Michigan J Frog gets uh, kidnapped. Wait. No, that was a special Tweety episode. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> no, there is definitely a way of doing it's... it where you can use, you know, the, the, the Daffy and Porky Holmes and Watson characters and doing a whole special around them in interfering with other cartoons and things. Um, but again, you needed more time and energy and they didn't have that. Okay. I don't really kill enough time. Okay. We've, we've killed enough time. So next week's show... We're doing one that I know for sure is certainly more interesting than this. Because this one has 100% new stuff in it. There's no reused cartoons or anything. It's um, Bugs and Daffy's Carnival of the Animals. Mm. We're going to get cultural all up in this piece. Um, It's a Chuck Jones-directed special. In fact, the special that brought him back to... Looney Tunes. Good. What was with this one? So it's a very important one in the history of uh, of the characters. Awesome. 
I mean, you know, I'm, I'm down for more Chuck, and I'm down for people actually putting effort into specials. So, yes, yeah, no, I'm down for that. That should be fun. Yes, if you want to watch uh, this special, you can watch it on Lean Tunes Gold Collection Volume Five. If you're just, if it's working, yeah, I got mine. Um, it's also it's also online. You know, you can find it on you know, on the sites. Cool. Oh, uh, and by the way, folks, um, this is episode ninety-five. Yes, which is insane. So, um, needless to say. We do have a plan for 100, as George said five ago. We have a good plan. It's a really fun plan, and we may have you guys involved somehow. Yes. Um, that's going to be an exciting one for so many reasons, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. And yes, it's funny because one of the things that I mentioned in this episode has something to do with the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. Happy searching. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the theories are going to go wild. There's a reason for you to re-listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So that's the end of this week's show. If you'd like to keep up with us on Twitter, you can follow me at Mark Halem, 1995. And you can follow me at Tall Guy Schmidt. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast or give your thoughts for next week's episode, you can follow at that underscore loony or type in the podcast title. We are the first result. You can also find our podcast wherever podcasts are readily available. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Player FM, Anchor, Stitcher, Amazon Music, all of those and more. We are there and we will be there. All right. So until next week, I'm Mark. And I'm Jordan. And we apologize for having so little to say this week hopefully next week it'll go like 30 minutes over and you'll be begging us to shut up <laughs> chank week